There is a chance in hell. Vince McMahon gone from World Wrestling Entertainment. What's up? A special Good Karma Wrestling with me, Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for checking out the show on Twitter at Good Karma Wrestling. uh, On Instagram, on Twitter at GKW underscore wrestling. Having a fun time bringing you professional wrestling every Thursday. The show airs 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific. And don't forget, you can watch the show on Twitter at ESPN1000, at ESPN Milwaukee, West Palm, New York, Los Angeles, Madison, live on Twitter. And, of course, on YouTube as well, YouTube.com. I hope that you are subscribing to our YouTube page, Good Karma Wrestling. That way you can see the show live or on those Twitter feeds I just mentioned, Facebook as well. Look for Daily Dodge. You can be able to see it on Facebook as well. It's a special Good Karma Wrestling I'm bringing you here on a Monday morning. Because there's breaking news. We're going to talk about Triple H. We're going to talk a little bit about Vince McMahon, the good and the bad. And, of course, our big show is going to take place Saturday night after SummerSlam. But first, let's talk about the breaking news. Triple H is officially in charge of creative. That broke this morning. First time I saw that was at FightfulSelect.com from Sean Ross Sapp, who runs that website. It is Triple H in charge of creative in the WWE. That is official now. So there was questions about, you know, who's going to be doing the booking? Who's going to be charged to create a process for the WWE? Well, we learned on Friday, and you can go back in the archives of Good Karma Wrestling right here, where Gabe Neitzel, Brian Rowitz, and yours truly talked about Vince McMahon no longer being part of the WWE. Before that, we're talking about Triple H and the process for Triple H, how he's back as EVP of creative. And what did that mean, right? Well, now we know that at the gorilla position, it'll be Triple H in charge. I thought that when Triple H was in charge of NXT, he was fantastic as a leader of that brand. AEW comes along and AEW was beating NXT in the ratings um, when they were head to head. And that's not really the point. The point is, though, is if you go back to the archives of NXT, the black and gold brand, it was amazing. Great television. It was professional wrestling, light on the entertainment and heavy on the pro wrestling. And I was all for it. We saw something totally different on the WWE brand when Triple H was running it. So I'm very happy today that he is in charge of creative. That is huge news for the WWE because... 
from the time that Triple H took over the NXT brand, it was really heavy on the in-ring, a lot of intriguing storylines. And so what I'm thinking about is now that Raw, not SmackDown, but now that Raw is TV 14, what does this mean for the Triple H era? TV 14 and then Triple H, not Vince in charge of this. I expect a more edgier product. I expect for the WWE wrestlers to kind of shoot with the audience. I expect adult storylines, not necessarily rated X storylines. I mean, adult storylines where you don't seem like, you know, the verbiage is made just for kids. It's made for adults or older teens. That's what I expect now in the Triple H era. Also, uh, I look forward to seeing exactly some of the things that should change with the WWE. Some things have gotten stagnant over the last, I'd say, five to ten years with this company. But I believe that Triple H, and I just remember when Triple H was running NXT, just how everything seemed vibrant and fresh. Hey, everybody can't get over in wrestling, but I think that because Triple H was a wrestler and has been an executive for a while, he understands both sides of it. Every time I hear from a wrestler that used to be in the NXT brand or currently in the WWE, what they say about Triple H is, man, he talks to you, he communicates to you, he understands the ups and downs of being a wrestler. Now, for those that did not follow Triple H's career, there was times where in WCW, when he was terrorizing, um, uh, it wasn't good. When he first came on the scene at WWE, it was not great also. But he was able to blossom into something bigger on the WWE main roster. So here's what I look at. I mentioned I expect an edgier product. I expect for the wrestlers to be able to speak their mind. I expect more indie wrestlers, the top-level indie wrestlers, to learn the WWE system and be part of this new WWE, this new reimagined WWE under a Triple H, because ultimately, that's how Triple H was able to build NXT. Some of your favorite indie wrestlers was able to conform to the WWE style, and they were able to be plugged right in, and they're doing just fine, thank you, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, it goes on and on and on, um, Kevin Owens, so many that were part of ROH, or part of the indies, were able to get into that system and doing just Fine. Now, I think that along the way, the philosophy had changed. After some of those wrestlers were at NXT, the the thing that a lot of those wrestlers did not want to do is go to the main roster. Oh my God, I'm in NXT now. I got to go wrestle on SmackDown and Raw and try to prove myself, and I got two weeks to do it, or I'm going to get cut or pushed down to WWE main event or completely off the roster or just sitting in catering or never wrestling. That sucked. It sucked because Vince really never saw the same vision that Triple H had at NXT. Never really saw the vision. I believe that for Triple H, more indie wrestlers coming in, because I believe that philosophy will change. I think that his image, as far as character development at the top of the card, I think that that is going to change. I believe that the champions will be greater defined I mean, tag team wrestling, not just the Usos and the Street Profits and the New Day. I mean that the tag team championships will be greater defined. I think we'll have more teams, more great tag team wrestling. I think the Intercontinental and the United States Championship will be featured prominently. And the, the cards that I think that Triple H and his staff will put together will not just be based on just 
the Women's Championship for Raw or SmackDown and the Universal Championship because after a while, that's all that Vince cared about is at the top of the card instead of just trying to build something really special throughout the night. So the great thing about AEW or the great thing about what I just saw for ROH is you build on great wrestling all the way to the main event. It's just not just throw-ins. It's actual meaningful matches that make sense from a storyline standpoint to build to the main event. I think that Vince McMahon over the last, I would say again, five to ten years, I think he lost track of that. Um, and I believe that we will see the return of Sasha and Naomi. Before you ask me, I think that either one or both could be returning. And I think that this is going to be a be-yourself, personality-driven company through Triple H. I think that's what we're going to see. I think that um, instead of just writing for one person, Vince McMahon, the uh, one person that cared about all of this, I mean, tearing up the scripts the, the night of the show because he wanted uh, the wrestlers to wrestle just for him, to be able to do promos just for him, I think this is going to be more or less a, a be-yourself, bullet-pointed promo where it doesn't sound so rehearsed. So these wrestlers can be themselves. And I think that them being looser and being able to really buy into their own creative, I think that that is going to work. I really believe over the years that if you tell a wrestler, this is where we want to go with your program, now put it into your own words, I think that that means a lot. I can only speak for me as a talk show host. When my producer says, hey, we're going to talk about uh, a certain subject, he doesn't tell me exactly what to say. He just says, here's the topic. Put it into your own words. And the same thing here with the wrestlers. I think there's going to be a lot of personality-driven wrestling where you could see an extension, a strong extension of the wrestlers themselves. Um, last thing I want to say about this regarding Triple H is, is that this transition is going to take some time. I know people are just so over-the-top excited about something new in the WWE now that Vince has retired or Vince has been pushed out. Either way... Um, Vince cannot continue to work at that company. Um, all the allegations against him, uh, he, he was able to fight a lot of things, but could not fight this. And so retired, pushed out either way, it was time for him to go because those allegations were too strong, um, against him. And, uh, Jerry McDivitt, his longtime attorney, even he couldn't fight this. So, you know, we're going to talk about Vince in just a second, but just the idea that it feels new and fresh. I'm excited as a wrestling fan to know that Triple H is going to be at the head of creative because um, on the flow chart, even under Triple H, who knows if he brings back Road Dog Jesse James? Who knows if he brings back, brings Shawn Michaels up to Raw and SmackDown? Who knows? All I know is that the NXT brand was good enough for me because it was wrestling along with the entertainment and it was fun. Now, what does what happens? We'll see. But don't expect change on G July 25th. Don't expect it August 25th because it's going to take time for everyone to be able to conform and, and get away from the McMahon system. It's been firmly entrenched in everybody in that company from producers to... The technical people, to the announcers, to the wrestlers, the McMahon system has been woven into that company for decades. And so don't expect for all of a sudden for Raw and SmackDown to look like ECW in its prime. Okay, Don't expect it, you know, to see you know, women on uh, stripper poles 
and dogs barking and, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out, you know, flipping the bird and all that kind of stuff. Don't expect that. TV 14 is here for the raw brand for sure, but don't expect change right away. It's going to take time to get the McMahon system out of the out of the WWE and Triple H and the way he sees things into the company. So, again, it's not today, but around the corner, you'll start to see something different with WWE programming. I'm excited for it because I'm a big Triple H fan, and I think he did a great job at NXT, and uh, I am really, really looking forward to it. Let's break down the good and bad of Vince McMahon. And it is uh, usually, for those of you that have listened to me over the years, you know that I've usually, you know, when something like this happens, I do like a 45-minute to an hour retrospective of the person who passed away or something like that. Like, Vince isn't dead. He's just not the CEO of the WWE. So this is not going to be an entire special on Vince like I normally would. He's not dead. He's just uh, ousted out of the company, and rightfully so. But I will break down 10 things that I think that were good for Vince and uh, 10 things that I think that Vince missed the mark in. Okay, so this is just from a wrestling standpoint, the morality of him cheating on his wife and uh the stories uh, and the allegations against him, we've documented those on Good Karma Wrestling. So we'll talk about those, I'm sure, again, when more findings happen uh, from the Wall Street Journal and other journalists that are covering the story. But from an in-ring wrestling standpoint, let's talk about this. So let me go with the good first. So here's 10 things that Vince did really well, I think, uh, as the CEO and the head booker of WWE. First of all, the WWE being a global brand is big because we've never seen a company this big. Not New Japan, nothing in Australia, nothing in Canada, nothing in North America. We've never seen a global brand in professional wrestling like Vince brought to all of us. So hats off to him for making wrestling a global brand. He can go to Japan and go to England, go to Australia, go to Africa. He can go anywhere, any continent. People know what WWE is. Then that's because of Vince McMahon has reached not just the TV deals, but I think the TV helps, but also the, the stars uh, that he was able to, um, to put together over the years, the decades in the WWE. The television deal for Fox, just talking about in North America, having um, network TV, first with NBC, working with Dick Ebersole, having Saturday Night's Main Event was big, but being on Fox every Friday is huge. And some take it for granted, like, oh, there's wrestling on again, it's on Friday night to 7, okay, I'll watch. If you are a longtime wrestling fan, you'll get this. If you're not, listen. Professional wrestling was always on ancillary television. You know, back in the day when we had rabbit ears and no cable, it would be on local channels and it wouldn't be on your main channels. It wouldn't be on ABC, NBC, CBS. Um, it would just be on some of your uh, ancillary down the, the line television, uh, you know, local television shows, television stations. For WWE to be on Fox is huge, huge. To be on network TV and part of the lineup every Friday is huge. Larger than life characters. You know, Hulk, Hulkamania started with the AWA in Minneapolis under Vince, uh, under uh, Vern Gagne. Vince McMahon was able to really enhance what, what Hulkamania meant 
to uh, the WWE. So larger than life characters like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and The Undertaker. And it goes on and on and on. He was able to really manifest and really enhance what larger than life characters meant. Um Taking wrestling out of the bubble, out of the wrestling bubble, making it mainstream, that was big for the business because wrestling was always like the red-headed stepchild over there in the shed, right? Oh, wrestling. Okay, that's the stuff that's not real. We'll just put that over to the side. Wrestling became Hollywood. One of the great things that Vince wanted to do is to get wrestling out of just the smoke-filled armories, just in, you know, just isolated shows. He wanted everyone to know what the WWE is. He wanted Hollywood to embrace his company so badly that he wanted to have stars part of it. Those that are mainstream people that we see every day, they know what the WWE is. From rappers to actors to actresses to you know people that would, you would never think would be at a wrestling show, he wanted to make sure that wrestling went Hollywood and was bigger than just wrestling fans. And I think that's really cool. Major stadium shows. We had those in Mid-South. And, you know, they had shows at the Superdome. And there's been some shows, but nothing like the WWE. Everything feels big for WrestleMania or some of his bigger events, like SummerSlam is going to be at Nissan Stadium in, in Nashville, out of nowhere, right? Major stadium shows. That's part of Vince McMahon's legacy. WrestleMania became a household name. WWE and WrestleMania are synonymous with one another. When you say WrestleMania, you know WWE and vice versa. So the idea came from Howard Finkel, the late ring announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. Like that, that guy. Well, he's the one that came up with WrestleMania. And so because it was Howard Finkel's idea, WrestleMania now is the biggest thing ever in wrestling. Um, he saved his company. Vince McMahon saved his company by actually getting in the ring against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, Bruce Prichard and Shane McMahon and Jim Ross and others had to convince Vince that, hey, man, you're the biggest heel in the company. And of course, Vince McMahon was like, look, I'm 52, 53 years old. Nobody wants to see me wrestle. And he was able to embrace that role. When WCW was kicking the WWE's ass, the thing that turned the tide was not just Steve Austin. It was Vince McMahon getting in the ring. Austin McMahon helped the WWE not fold. Now you think, oh, no, no, the WWE was never in trouble. No, they were. For 83 weeks, Eric Bischoff and WCW was doing huge damage uh, to the WWE. I heard, I've always heard the stories of like, you know, the WWE thinking about being a Northeastern brand again, where they weren't going to travel all over the country because WCW and Hulk Hogan and the NWO was so big that uh, Vince was thinking about it, like, maybe I should just do shows in New York and Boston and and uh, in the Northeast again. But obviously, I believe that Vince, in a lot of ways, saved his own company by wrestling uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Some other things, too, um, that really stood out, I thought that were positive. Um, I, he took care of the wrestlers with the drug program. Those that wanted to be part of it, the uh, post-career drug program was really big where, you know, if you're a former wrestler and really needed help, Vince had that system set up. And I think that that really helped a lot of people uh, that went to rehab and under Vince's 
auspices under his on his dime he paid for rehab for a lot of wrestlers including scott hall um so that's something also he's a survivor vince is a survivor think about this vince mcmahon was able to buy the territory system in a lot of ways he went to the fullers in uh alabama and tennessee went to jerry jarrett in memphis went to uh, Portland, went to World Class in Dallas, and went to Eddie Graham in Florida, and all these other places, Jim Crockett uh, in the Carolinas, and say, hey, I want to buy you out. This is in the 80s. I want to buy you out. I want to be able to buy your TVs, and I want to be able to take over your territory. And those, and those old promoters was like, get out of here, kid. You're not going to buy my promotion. We are doing well. And Vince is like, okay. And he took over all the televisions and was able to build a global brand and really a national brand, but then having a global brand just based on buying those territories and buying the television and just weakening all his competition. He's a survivor. He survived TNA. He survived AEW because AEW is still going strong, but the WWE is not going backwards. He survived WCW. So he's a survivor. All the competition, all the slings and arrows against him from a competition standpoint, Vince is still in business. At least he was until he was ousted um, by the story from the Wall Street Journal. And the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame was a positive for him, even though there's a lot of wrestlers that should be in the Hall of Fame. I know it's Vince's Hall of Fame or the WWE Hall of Fame, but the point is, though, is that at least some of the greats have been honored. They were able to really mend fences with guys like the Ultimate Warrior and Bruno San Martino before they passed away. So I love that there's a Hall of Fame for the greats. There's a lot of things that Vince did not do well. Horrendous booking horrendous, monotonous booking over the last five to 10 years, um, which will go into my other point about how Vince really took us for granted in a big way. And it's, it's so disappointing because we've heard the stories uh, from those that worked with Vince, currently work with Vince. Vince would tell these wrestlers or tell the people in the back, hey, these fans won't remember, fuck them. Doesn't matter, right? Just like whatever, you know, I, this is where I want to go with this. These fans will forgive me or they won't remember. So we'll just do it this way. Just took us for granted too often. Monotonous booking. You'd see the same match four weeks in a row, five weeks in a row. It just, it just, it's really disappointing. He failed to make new stars the last 10 years. Um, Even though he would bring back, we've seen him bring back Hogan and we've seen him bring back, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and The Undertaker and on and on and on. He's brought back, um, you know, stars from the past, but he failed to make new stars. And I don't mean just bring in wrestlers. I mean, make stars at the top of the card. Um, failed to do that. And, and and I don't understand how is it that you could just, re- just rely on just Brock Lesnar over the years at the top of the card, just Roman Reigns. Yeah, but he failed to really be able to put together you know, multiple new stars on a regular basis. Um, the, you know, I hear from Nick Khan in the front office of the WWE says, oh, you know, it's so hard to find the next Stone Cold Steve Austin or the next Rock. I understand that. But at the same time, how do you find those stars unless you're building on what you have on your roster? If you have wrestlers on your roster, eventually you expect someone to be able to be at the top of the card besides Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns um, or The Rock or The Undertaker. 
you know, I just I, I just think that that was a major failure, a major issue for Vince to be able to make new stars over the years. I think he lost touch on how to be able to do that. Um, nobody else besides Roman and Brock and Cena uh, could be able to lead these mega events. I, I never understood that. And it didn't make sense. Um, something else, too. Um, he was late to promote women's wrestling. The, the actual leader of promoting women's wrestling and put him, putting wrestling uh, from women at the top of the card or toward the top of the card is TNA uh, because of Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel had that knockouts division as good as the men when he was running it. It was great storytelling. It was the women had a chance to be able to wrestle. And before this, you know, give divas a chance nonsense, it was TNA. They actually led the way for women's wrestling. Of course, you know, Dave Prezak did a great job with his company as well, with Shimmer having all women wrestling. That that was great. But ultimately, uh, Vince McMahon was late to the party as far as promoting women's wrestling. Now, of course, you see, you've seen them, you've, you've seen them at the top of the card, um, but it is not as strong as it once was. This is not a shot at Bianca Belair or Becky Lynch. I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm saying. But there was a time where I thought the women's division, it was multiple, three or four different storylines with women's wrestling that was must watch. And now it's not as strong as it once was. I think under Triple H that will change though. But it's it's more than Becky and, and Bianca. There's so much talent as, as far as the women's division uh, for SmackDown and Raw that really need to be not just out there because they are on the roster, but they should be a meaningful storyline for us to sink our teeth into. Uh, and I think that, again, he was late to the party with women's wrestling. It needs to be a hashtag from us as fans to get this going. Uh, no real innovation post-Austin or post-Cena. Like, like, so we know what the Federation years were under Hogan, we knew what the uh, Ruthless Aggression era was. We knew what the Attitude era was. There was really no name to what the Cena era was. Cena was booed all over the country. Um, probably should have turned heel at least once, but never did uh, during his championship reigns. But there was really no innovation. It was just kind of wrestling that was out there. It was uh, the entertainment years. I don't even know what that is, right? So... I think this has been nameless and faceless after Austin and during Cena and after Cena. I'm not even sure what this is, what we're watching. We're seeing wrestling, sure, but there's really, it's usually a theme to the eras. I'm not sure what this era is. I just know now, starting on the 25th of July, it's the Triple H era and the King of Kings era. Uh, but I don't know what this was as it last, again, last five to 10 years. Um, as I mentioned before, the Vince assumed that we would not remember names or booking, uh, and he took us for granted. Uh, it was amazing. NXT stars had to change their name when they went to Raw or SmackDown. Like, so we've invested heavily in NXT wrestlers. Even up to now, people are watching NXT. And then once they get to the main roster, their name changes? I mean, so LA Knight, who was Eli Drake is now Max Dupree. Like, I, I, you have three different names when you're in this under the same umbrella. It's the same company. Uh, Raquel's name is different. You know, uh, Walter is now Gunter. 
Like, we've invested time. Some have paid money to see wrestlers at NXT, and Vince looked at NXT like, oh, it didn't happen. doesn't matter. We're going to change the name because now they're not on Raw and SmackDown. Why would you change it? It's under the same umbrella. That's my point. I, I just I'd hate that Vince looked at NXT as less than or just changing names on the fly as if we're not watching these same wrestlers every week. Dumb. Just dumb. The Kiss My Ass Club was dumb. Uh, the constant food fights during holiday um, programming and the vomit TV. I know that was Vince's humor. I didn't get it. The, like a food fight every time there's a, a 4th of July show or Labor Day show, Christmas show. Vomit TV. Love to have the vomit spots. Never understood that. Um, banned terms like belt and wrestling. You know, I got used to it because I understand he wanted to have his own verbiage as far as uh, what wrestling meant to everybody, you know, using the term belt and wrestling. You see Cody Rhodes now is bringing that stuff back. He's saying belt. He's saying professional wrestling. It's not a dirty term. It's just a different term. Um, the ECW reboot was a mistake. Um, you know, it's funny. Shane McMahon, who was ousted, who was pushed aside by his own dad, says, hey, you'll never come back here. You'll never be the head of this company. You'll never get a pop in the WWE again. Um, Shane McMahon's idea was to uh, put ECW as a digital brand. He's like, bring it back, but just don't put it on TV. Vince's like, nope, put it on sci-fi, pal. And it was awful. It was awful. Like ECW, the reboot was an awful idea. And it's very interesting because outside of Raw and SmackDown and everything he's brought to the WWE, Vince failed in all his other endeavors. <laughs> if it wasn't WWE, he failed in XFL twice, trying to put a football league together. You've failed in the World Bodybuilding Federation. All the other stuff he wanted to do, he, you know, he tried to own a football team in the NFL. It just did not work. I know that for him, he's got to feel good about what he did in the WWE as far as putting it as a global brand. But all his other stuff, that's all he has ever been, is a wrestling promoter. And he always wanted to do more, and, and but he always failed. He tried, but lost a lot of money and failed. Um, and I should also say just making the WWE a publicly traded company is something that wrestling has never been. And so that's a positive also that I should have wrote down for things for Vince McMahon. So it's layered, as you well know, again, good and bad. And of course, you can add on to your list as well. Hit me up on Facebook or hit me up uh, at uh, GKW underscore wrestling. If there's something that's good or bad about Vince you want to add, please add to the list as well. But I just wrote down a few things. I was thinking about the good and the bad of Vince McMahon. But the worst, you know, away from the good and the bad, the worst is is that he put himself and his family and his company uh, in peril by his own selfish actions. Here's a guy here that say, "Oh, Vince works twenty four seven, three sixty five. He all he cares about is work." He might that might be the case, but also he used his power and his leverage to be able to um, get sexual favors. Um, you know, I had heard the, over the years that there was issues between he and Linda for years living separately and she's doing her own thing. He's doing his own thing. But the point is though, is that if it is true that he used corporate money to be able to use, um, the money for DNAs, you know, morally it's abhorrent, but if he is 
actually uh, forcing himself on women, and if he did other things that's been found in the Wall Street Journal, well, that's that's even worse. He doesn't need to be around anyone in the company. By the way, I'll just say this on the record as well. Do not be surprised if Vince still has influence uh, on this company. Uh, he may not be in creative, he may not be in the building, but he's still a shareholder in the WWE. So he's going to have some say. But I think that Triple H um, it right now is at the helm. I'm excited about it. But Vince will always have some kind of say, I believe, in the WWE. So just keep that in mind, too. So as I said, two things you should just brace yourself for. Vince will have still have some say, I believe, in the company, even though he's quote-unquote retired. And change will take time. Do not expect change today, but change will take time. It will happen in the WWE with uh, Triple H now as a CEO because his biggest influence is Vince. He's ta- talked to Vince about wrestling and wrestling tendencies and how to handle storylines for years. So, of course, he's going to lean on Vince for some things here that he wants to do. It'll be his baby, but Vince will have some say as well. Just keep that in mind. couple of things. Uh, first of all, Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, the pay-per-view that took place Saturday night in Lowell, Massachusetts. Gabe, Brian, and I will break that down on Thursday's show, but let me just tell you, if you have not seen this on Bleach Report or wherever you get your pay-per-views, go out of your way to see Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. What a great show. A great show. Especially the main event. As I predicted on Good Karma Wrestling, I said that the FTR, FTR and the Briscoes are, is going to be the main event. It was the main event. Two out of three falls, man, I can't even tell you. It, it was a great, great, great uh, tag team wrestling match. Two out of three falls, it was amazing to see FTR retain against the Briscoes. But I didn't spoil it for you. You just need to go see it yourself because the action in that match, about 43, 44 minutes, was tremendous. I love those trying to compare the first two because they wrestled each other before. Like, oh, the first match was better, the second match was better. No, no, doesn't matter. Great is great. They are both great matches. But see this one for sure. Uh, I'm not going to give you give away everything I saw, but I'm going to tell you something. Dax Harwood right now could be the, the wrestler of the year in 2022. He, I mean, he is amazing. Go watch that match. Jonathan Gresham against Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor Championship. I said uh, at the time that I could see this match being first. I was right about that as well because you, you, you can't follow FTR on the Briscoes. But Gresham and Castagnoli was the first match for the Ring of Honor Championship. And when I saw Gresham, the champion, come down the stairs, down the ramp, he had a t-shirt and the championship. Usually he has like an octopus mask and he's got a big flag and he's got all of this charisma when he comes down. Nope, head down, t-shirt, belt. Lost the championship in 11 minutes. And I saw that and I said, oh my God, he's got boo-boo face. He doesn't look like the same Gresham that we normally see. He's going to lose the championship. I tweeted it out at GKW underscore wrestling. I said, he's got boo-boo face. And if you know, no one knows who that is, boo-boo face is, is that when there is a match taking place and if the wrestler does not look like himself as far as intensity, fire, charisma, if he has his head down, just walking to the ring and, and not really into it, you're like, okay, that person's going to lose. And usually that's the case. 
Um, James Storm has been known to do that as well. Boo Boo Face didn't have the same charisma, you know, cowboy hat, you know, is pulled down over his eyes. You see that, oh, he's going to lose. And so the same thing here with Gresham. I'm like, that guy's going to lose. And then to come to find out on Sunday, the 24th, he asked for his release from Ring of Honor at AEW. <laughs> he asked for his release. And so he's not happy with Tony Khan. Apparently there was a shouting match between Gresham and Tony Khan in the back after his match. Wow. So Jonathan Gresham asked for his release. And Cassignoli, I'm happy for Claudio. He's the ROH champion. Um, this whole thing could have been solved if Brian Danielson was healthy. This was supposed to be Danielson against Gresham and maybe Danielson going over and winning the ROH championship, but Danielson was not cleared. And Castagnoli now was his first singles championship, which is really cool for him. Lastly, I want to tell you about GKW Saturday night. So this Saturday night after uh, SummerSlam, join Gabe, Brian, and I for a very special Post SummerSlam show, it's going to be so great to be on Saturday night after the show. Instead of you know having the show on Saturday, watching SummerSlam, and then waiting to all the way until next Thursday to talk about it, we'll be on live Saturday night. So as you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. YouTube, look for Good Karma Wrestling, as well as going to at uh, ESPN One Thousand on Twitter, and you can see that. Um, ESPN 1000, you can watch us live on ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN West Palm, New York, LA, Madison. You can be able to watch us on Twitch as well, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. We're going to get this show on Twitch. So you can't miss us. (laughs) We'll be on live. If you can't catch us Saturday night and you're kicking it, you're not going to watch us on Saturday night. Don't worry. The podcast will be available as well of our broadcast. Thanks so much for checking out Good Karma Wrestling, everybody. It's a new day in the WWE. Triple H is in charge of creative, and we'll be talking about it every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, for Good Karma Wrestling.